welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hello, friends. Welcome to the first episode of Ed Leader. My name is Rob Jackson. I'm excited about this opportunity to share with you thoughts on educational leadership, to spend time in amazing conversations with tremendous educational leaders from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond, and to really delve into some of the issues that cross our desk every single day. For this first episode, I want to spend some time introducing myself to you, sharing with you a little bit about my current Current work and how our school district is doing, and then kind of delve into my philosophy. I think that that's important because I understand there are a lot of things that you could be doing right this very moment, and you're choosing time to spend with this podcast. I want to ensure that you feel like you're getting a good value for the investment of your time. Some of that is knowing who it is that you're listening to. So in this first episode, I want to share with you a little about myself. In future episodes, there'll be very little about me and a lot about our guests and the people we're talking to. My name is Rob Jackson. I am proud to serve as the superintendent of the Edenton Chowan School System in Northeastern North Carolina. Chowan County is the home of our school system. We serve all of the students in our county who attend public schools. We're located on the Albemarle Sound just below the Virginia state line. Our school system is in Chowan County again, which happens to be the smallest county geographically in the state. Approximately 70% of our students receive free and reduced lunch, and so we have the challenges in our school district of both being a small school district with limited resources and a district that serves a large percentage of students who live in poverty and all of the challenges that come along with that. That being said, we are a school system that is considered to be a high-performing school system. Within a four-month period, for example, we've twice been invited to address the State Board of Education to share best practices with the hopes that those might be of use to other school districts across our our state and beyond, perhaps. Our school system, I mentioned, small school system, high poverty school system. Yet to look at our academic results, we're incredibly proud. You see, when I arrived about six years ago, our graduation rate was 78.9%. That's a cohort graduation rate. So the percentage of students who entered in ninth grade who graduated four years later on time at the end of their senior year. That 78.9% was a high watermark for the school system. Everything we've achieved over the last six years has been because we stand on the shoulders of giants because our predecessors did an amazing job laying an incredible foundation for us to continue to build upon. When the class of 2019 graduated, our most recent senior class, their cohort graduation rate was 91.6%. We had grown over a five-year period from 78.9% to 91.6%. That's absolutely amazing. Now, at 91.6%, let's just call it 92%, we really should be dancing and celebrating. And there was 
some of that. But the truth is we're still humbled by it because it means that 8% of our students are not yet graduating from high school on time. We're not there yet. Our goal is 100%. We're not going to stop until we get to 100%. In our school system, last year, every single school in our school system met or exceeded growth. Our state has a metric where it, through the EVOS system sets a bar for if after one year the students achieve at this level, you've met growth. More than that, you've exceeded growth. Less than that, you didn't meet growth. And so all of our schools met or exceeded growth. Again, an incredible testament to the teachers and leaders in each of our buildings and certainly the hard work of our student and the support of our community. One of our schools was just named the North Carolina National Distinguished ESEA School and will be competing representing the state in Atlanta in February of this year. So very proud of that school. In terms of mentoring educational leaders in the district, we were extremely excited recently when the 2020 Northeastern North Carolina Regional Principal of the Year was named. Her name is Mrs. Sheila Evans, and she serves in our school system as the principal of White Oak Elementary School. In fact, two of the last three regional principals of the year, there's 18 school systems in our region, two of the last three regional principals of the year came from our school system. So we have an incredible cadre of educational leaders at every level in our school system. And I think that's one of the reasons we see such amazing district academic performance results. We have zero low performing schools. None of our schools received a D or an F in the state school performance grades that tend to correlate more with poverty than anything else, but that's a topic in a soapbox for another day. We'll simply say that we have zero low-performing schools, and we're very proud of that. We're proud of the work of our students, our teachers, and our leaders. And so the question becomes, how in the world did we go from a school system with a 78% graduation rate to a school system with an almost 92% graduation rate in five years. How did we go from a school system where half the schools were named a low-performing school at some point to being able to say for three consecutive years we've had zero low-performing schools? How in the world do we have every single school meeting or exceeding growth? Again, it's people. It's absolutely people. It's the amazing teachers and leaders in our building who are doing the work. Beyond that, it really stems from a core belief. The first year I arrived and had the opportunity to address all of our staff, all of our certified staff, our teachers, administrators, counselors, etc., and all of our classified staff, bus drivers, clerical helpers, child nutrition workers, etc., at convocation where all came together. I shared with them my belief, and that is that I believe in you. That year, the theme of the year was hashtag I believe. And we talked about I believe in our teachers. I believe in our students. I believe in our schools. I believe in our principals. I believe in our community. I believe in our parents. I think it's incredibly important that we share our belief in others with the people we work with. If they don't feel that we believe in them, why should our students give their best? If we believe in them and encourage them and they began to work and begin to work because of that belief, my teacher believes in me, maybe I can do this. They grow to the point that they begin to believe in themselves. And so we started to see academic gains. The second year, we wanted to be more intentional with that communication of the message, I believe. And so our theme was hashtag, I believe in you. And we began to intentionally say to students and to each other, I believe in you, Johnny. I believe you will pass 
the spelling test at the end of the week. I believe in you, Miss Smith. I believe that the lesson plan you are writing is going to make a difference and achieve the results for the students that you're looking for. I believe in you, school principal. I believe that you're going to be able to coach the teachers and we'll be able to see every teacher meet or exceed growth. And we've seen that in our schools. The third year, as we continue to grow, our theme became Believe, Belong, become. We certainly continue to believe in our students and our staff members, our community, our schools, etc. We also wanted to share with our students that this was their school, that they belonged in this place. This was their classroom. This was their teacher. This was their school bus. This was their campus. We understand that when children are attracted to gangs, for example, they're looking for a feeling of belonging. And we want to ensure our students feel like they belong right here. That sense of belonging, that bottom level core need that Maslow shares, that sense of security starts with a sense of belonging. And so that became a big piece what we were doing. And it was believe, belong, become. We wanted to ensure that our students believed that they could become what they dreamed of becoming, whatever that was, that they weren't limited by zip code. They weren't limited by geography, that they could achieve their dreams. And so as we moved into the fourth year, the theme was dream it, believe it, achieve it. Our students were encouraged to dream big dreams, to believe in those dreams, and then see themselves achieving those dreams. This past year, we started talking about every single one, believe it, every single student, the students who are easy to love and who are compliant and the students who are a little more difficult to love at times because of some of their behavior choices. We weren't giving up on a single student, every single one, believe it. And so as I look back over those five years, I believe, I believe in you, believe, belong, become. Dream it, believe it, achieve it. Every single one, believe it. A common theme is belief. This current year, our theme is building on a foundation of belief, hashtag next level. We know that we've harvested the low-hanging fruit. We've had a lot of success, but we're not there yet. So building on the foundation of the work of the last five years, building on that success is the work we're about today. What that work looks like is understanding ACEs, adverse childhood experiences, and how that impacts our students' physiology, how it impacts their brain development, how it impacts their emotional development, and how it impacts how they react with the world, and understanding our opportunities and obligation to help them be able to work through those ACEs, those adverse childhood experiences, and develop resilience, building their toolkits and building our toolkits and the toolkits of our educators as our students work through those things in their life that sometimes overwhelm them keep them from being as successful as they might otherwise be. And so that's our work. We're building on this foundation of belief. I am the proud father of four incredible children and am married to my best friend. Her name is Renee. She is the very best thing in my life. I guess the only thing that could potentially compete with Renee would be my children. That would be a competition we would never get into because I can't imagine any of them not being a part of my life. Our oldest son, his name is Dennis. He's in school at Augusta University. In his doctor of physical therapy program, we laughingly refer to him as perhaps our retirement plan. Our second son, his name is Joshua. He graduated from Auburn University and he's a sports broadcaster. He sat down with me one 
day and said, Dad, I want to go into broadcasting, specifically broadcasting of sports. Now, I'd spent my life telling the kids that work ethic was important, but happiness and passion was also important. And they they found something that they were passionate about and would work hard. They could find success. I've got to admit, when he said he was interested in sports broadcasting, I wasn't quite sure because I wanted to know that he would be able to support himself and any family that came along. However, he is passionate about sports, and I've had the opportunity to watch him on TV and listen to his daily radio show. And so he continues to remind me that work ethic and passion are incredibly important when it comes to being successful. Madeline is our daughter. She just graduated from Florida State University, will be moving into a PhD program. She wants to do some work in genetics research, and we're very proud of Madeline. And then finally, our youngest, his name is Elijah. He's currently a senior at the University of Tennessee and Knoxville. And we're looking forward to his upcoming graduation. He is a business analytics and marketing major. All four of the children are graduates of public schools, just like I am. All four found themselves well prepared for college, just like I did. However, if you were to look into our family history, none of that would seem like it would happen. When I went to college, I became the first in my family to do so. I went to college because an incredible teacher, Miss Jackie Parham, spoke into my life about possibility. She refused to accept less than my best. She refused to allow me to think little thoughts, but instead encouraged me to think big thoughts. And because of her, I went to college. Now, she made a difference in the trajectory of me as a student. But the truth is, she made a difference in the trajectory of a family. Because where there had been no one who had been to college, suddenly there was one who went to college, and then all four of our children have been able to attend college and do very well. That's not to say that college is any indicator of success. Four-year colleges and universities are not for every student, nor do we think they should be. There's certainly great success to be found going through a two-year school or a technical school or a community college or going directly into the military, which as a matter of fact is what I did. I served in the United States Navy right out of high school. Very proud of that. I served a three-year term and was happy to have served, but happy still to move into what I'd always dreamed about, and that was public education. As an educator, I've been quite blessed with amazing awards. I share this not because I want to in any way say, hey, look at me, but to say that I've been blessed by working with amazing people. And because I've worked with amazing people, I've had these really nice awards that have been given to me. But each award really, though it had my name on it, was a reflection of the incredible teachers, staff members, and students that I've had the opportunity to work with. I was selected as the outstanding senior at Western Carolina University in my undergraduate work and as the beginning teacher of the year for my school at Glenarden Elementary School in Buncombe County. I received awards as an assistant principal. As the principal, I was named the school system principal of the year, the regional principal of the year, and then the state principal of the year. North Carolina High School Principal of the Year and a National Distinguished Principal of the Year. As a superintendent, I've served as a superintendent. This is my sixth year. I was selected as the Regional Superintendent of the Year and won a couple of awards, the Dr. Brad Steeden Award and the Dr. Sam Houston Award for leadership as a superintendent. Again, that's not to say, look at me, but to say I have been incredibly blessed in my career to work with amazing educators whose wise counsel 
whose mentorship, whose coaching all have hopefully been reflected in my work. And hopefully I'm doing a good job of doing those same things for the next generation of educational leaders. Educational leaders helped me be successful. My goal in life is to do the same thing for others. What do you believe in? If you were to ask your colleagues and those you work with, what do I believe in? What would they say back to you? Would they be able to answer that question? Well, sure they would if they were just looking at your work and the context and the way that you conduct yourself around others. But have you said out loud, these are the things I believe in. And among the things I believe in, I believe in you, teammate. I believe in you, student. The work of educational leaders is so very difficult. Every single day is different. We are challenged by federal mandates, state mandates, local mandates. We're challenged by the life in general in 2020 in our society, where we see a degradation of family and not as many families being involved in the faith-based community, civic organizations not having as much membership from the community. Our schools are called upon more and more to do more and more things. And so in that circumstance, we're called as educational leaders. We take up the mantle of educational leadership to make a difference. I want you to know, listener, that I believe in you. I want to thank you for the work you do every single day. I'm going to do my very best to ensure that these podcasts, these Ed Leader podcasts, speak into your life, belief in you, but also give you an opportunity to think about some things reflect on some things. I look forward to hearing your comments and would encourage you to reach out to me on Twitter. My Twitter account handle is at Dr. underscore Rob underscore Jackson at Dr. Rob Jackson. For our podcast, we're also on Twitter at EdLeaderPod, at EdLeaderPod. You'll find our show notes and information about the podcast and other things on my website, drrobjackson.com. Again, thank you for thinking with me. Thank you for the work we'll do together. I do believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the EdLeader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.